Welcome to this episode of Mentors at Your Benchside, the podcast giving you advice, tips and tools for getting the most out of your research. I'm Laura Grassi and today I'll be talking to you about how blunt end cloning works. You're probably aware of the two main types of restriction cloning, sticky end and blunt end cloning, but do you know the difference? And do you know how to do both? Blunt and sticky might sound dull and dirty, but knowing how these different cloning methods work is important when choosing which method to use. In this episode, we give you an overview of how blunt end cloning works. Blunt end cloning is the cloning of DNA fragments containing no unpaired bases at the five and three prime ends interlinearized vectors. Because there are no overhanging bases, the ends are blunt. It is unlike sticky end cloning, where both the insert and the vector contain single-stranded overhangs that complement each other. So why would I want to use blunt end cloning? Imagine you wish to clone a PCR product that contains many common sticky end restriction endonuclease sites, such as ECHOR1 or HIN3, at the ends and within the sequence. It would be challenging to perform partial digests that generate the sticky overhangs without also cutting up your PCR product. Consider another scenario. You wish to clone fragments of genomic DNA after physically shearing and repairing the ends. You could expect those ends to be in random in nucleotide sequence and to vary in the number of nucleotides at each end and from fragment to fragment. It would be difficult, if not impossible, to clone these into the multicloning site of any vector. However, after end repair, all ends would be blunted and compatible with a blunt ended linearized vector. Whatever the case, the main advantage of blunt end cloning is the universality of blunt ends, whereas cloning sticky-ended fragments must take the complementarity of the overhanging sequences into account. How does blunt end cloning work? Basically, the blunt-ended insert and linearized vector are mixed with DNA ligase and the reaction proceeds when the insert, vector and ligase come together in solution. The insert is joined to the vector when the ligase catalyzes the formation of a covalent bond between the three prime hydroxyl group of one base to the five prime phosphate group of the adjoining base. We won't get into detail here, but you can check out our article on DNA ligation for more details on the mechanism of DNA ligase. The link is in the episode description. The importance of five prime phosphates. The presence of five prime phosphates in the fragments being ligated is critical as the covalent linkage of 5' phosphates with 3' hydroxyl groups circularizes the vector insert complex and allows it to be cloned upon bacterial transformation. 5' phosphate groups can be introduced into PCR products, end-repaired fragments, or linearized vectors, if not already present by using T4 polynucleotide kinase or using PCR primers synthesized with a phosphate group on the 5' terminal nucleotide. Visit the original article for a table showing the phosphorylation status of inserts and vectors following various treatments. While 5' phosphate groups are critical to creating a circular construct, their absence can also be used to your advantage. If you are using PCR to create the insert or to amplify a linearized vector, PCR primers lacking 5' phosphates are useful to reduce the background of the recircularized vector during cloning. Likewise, Enzymatic methods can be used to remove phosphates by treating the DNA fragments with alkaline phosphatase. How to generate blunt end DNA. Blunt ends can be generated in several ways. 
End repair with T4 DNA polymerase where five prime or three prime single stranded protruding ends are filled in. Using restriction endonucleases that produce a straight cut in the DNA backbone like Echo RV. The single stranded overhangs can be repaired using a mixture of DNA polymerases such as T4 polymerase and the clinal fragment. You can also simply cut the DNA with a restriction endonuclease that leaves blunt ends. SMAR1 and ECHO RV are two such endonucleases that can be used to linearize circular plasmids or cut off sticky ends, leaving blunt ends ready for ligation. Generating blunt ends via PCR. One important consideration for generating blunt ends by PCR is the presence of 3' adenines post amplification. TAC polymerase, which lacks 3' 5' proofreading activity, will leave an A on the 3' end of the amplified product. While this is useful for TA cloning, this will prevent blunt end ligations. So, when using a PCR polymerase without 3' 5' proofreading activity, the 3' adenine overhang must be removed by exposing the amplified material to an enzyme possessing proofreading activity. This is known as PCR polishing and is usually performed using the PFU polymerase. Of course, you could also amplify your insert or vector with PFU in the first place to avoid 3' adenines, but this comes at the expense of speed. For more information on the benefits of TAC versus PFU polymerase, you can check out our article on the different types of polymerases. See the episode description for a link. Now that we've explored why you'd want to use blunt end cloning and how blunt end cloning works, let's discuss a few of the disadvantages of blunt end ligations and how to overcome them. Compared to sticky end ligations, blunt end ligations are less efficient. In fact, 10 to 100 times less efficient. This is because, unlike sticky end cloning, there is no hydrogen bonding between the complementary nucleotide overhangs to stabilize the formation of the vector insert structure. For this reason, a blunt end ligation requires more ligase and more of your linearized vector and insert. More is not always better because too much ligase and too much insert can lead to the concatenation of your insert and even multiple inserts being cloned into the vector. This will likely require optimizing your ligation conditions to get it exactly right. For more information, consult our article on how to improve blunt end ligations, linked in the episode description. Potential vector religation. Related to this relative lack of efficiency is the potential for religation of the linearized vector, as an intramolecular ligation is much more likely than an intermolecular ligation. This problem is easily overcome by dephosphorylating your vector before ligation or amplifying your linearized vector with PCR primers lacking 5' phosphates. While these approaches add additional steps, they effectively solve that problem and are the way to go if you are not concerned about the orientation of your cloned insert. Inserts can be ligated in two directions. As mentioned above, a 5' phosphate group is covalently linked to the corresponding 3' hydroxyl group of the adjoining base. This happens on both the complementary strands and for that reason, a blunt ended insert could be ligated into the vector in two orientations, i.e. in both directions. Blunt ends are universally compatible with other blunt ends, so the directionality you can achieve by using sticky ends with different overhand sequences is not possible. So what if you're hoping for a directionally cloned insert? In that case, simply dephosphorylating your vector will not be enough. That will help with background, as we mentioned above, but not with orientation. Luckily, there are a few techniques that provide workarounds for this problem. One, as described by Costa and Weiner, 
takes advantage of monophosphorylated vectors and inserts. The strategy here is to create 5' phosphate groups on only one of the DNA strands in the double-stranded vector and insert, so that a complete circularizing covalent linkage is possible in only one orientation. Another useful technique is STABI technology. Here, the cloning vector is engineered to contain a truncated antitoxin gene known as CCDA. A 14-base region is incorporated at the 5' end of the insert, and when cloning into the linearized vector, the CCDA gene is restored when the insert is ligated in only one direction. Note, both vector and insert have blunt ends. The desired orientation of your insert can be controlled by the way you connect the 14 base pair section of the CCDA gene. Only clones possessing the insert in the desired direction will be selected upon the transformation of the specialised E. coli strain that is cultured under the selective pressure of the toxin. Clones with the insert in the opposite direction do not produce a functional CCDA gene because it is still truncated, and the selective pressure prevents propagation of these clones after transformation. In addition, relegated to empty vector will also lack a functional CCDA gene, and any transformants will be similarly selected against in the presence of the toxin. So that's it for how blunt end cloning works. Check out the episode description for links to related articles and resources. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get more help and advice from mentors at your benchside. Flow Stars is back with season four. The podcast from Bettman Culture and Bite Size Bio and hosted by me, Peter O'Toole from the University of York. I'll bring you closer to the big names and the rising stars of flow cytometry and get to know the leaders and those rising stars outside of the lab and more personally. Grad school was a struggle for me, mostly because I wasn't sure what I was doing. I have, I don't know, 150 different spices, 130 cookbooks, so many kitchen gadgets. My kitchen is like a lab. What we do, we do it out of love for what we do. And that's a very different motivation. And I don't know that that's something you can teach. All this and more in season four, of Flow Stars. Really hope you enjoy them. Are you always on the go, but still seeking valuable insights to advance your research? Well, look no further than Listen In, the podcast from Bite Size Bio that offers the benefits of webinars in a portable format with webinars featuring leading researchers and commercial specialists discussing techniques like CRISPR-Cas9 and microscopy. With listening, you can tap into their expertise and drive your research project forward efficiently and productively, no matter where you are. Visit bitesizebio.com forward slash podcasts or search for Listen In in your podcast app to subscribe.